0: The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. SeaDeck features non-absorbent, closed-cell, PE, EVA blended foam that delivers the perfect combination of comfort, safety, and style. For more information, check out www.seadek.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K kcom Your boat deserves SeaDeck. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning into episode 130 of the Golden Mike Podcast. As always, I am the noise of the North, Dan Olimano. Y'all know it's getting cold out, but the good news it's time to get warm and fuzzy because it's time for your bi monthly dose of audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Active Water Sports, the Pacific Northwest based shop has over 35 years of water sports industry experience, selling everything from boats to wakeboards. Their mission is to help you make the best buying decisions possible. If you're in the market for anything related to water or fun, then head on over to www.activewake.com to browse their massive selection In related news, they've also recently launched their very own in-house line of locally made hand-shaped wake surf boards called Volume Wake Surf. Check out their comprehensive website www.activeh2o.com to learn more about that. If you're interested in seeing more about the brand, I highly recommend you check out their YouTube channel, Active Water Sports. There's some really great looking stuff on there. Active Water Sports, they take your fun seriously. Alright everybody, we've got another great episode for you today. My guest is past Byerly Toad Jam Wakeskate Champion, the first ever Masters Wakeskate Champion, multi-talented DJ, filmer, editor, and drone pilot, my good friend, Brandon Thomas, or as many refer to him, BT, a.k.a. DJ Drop Top, You know, I've been trying to get him on the show for a while now, and I'm stoked we could finally make it happen. Man, I've known BT, well, basically, since I first got into announcing events, maybe just before that, around 2004, 2005. He was at my very event. Chances are, I was at one of his, too. We've traveled all over together ever since. We still are today. Pumped? We caught up on this one, but before we do get into it all, I would not be doing my job if I didn't mention that you can listen to and share the Golden Mike podcast on SoundCloud, Google Podcast, a wide array of podcast listening apps on Android devices, and if all else fails. You can always listen to it on my website, noiseofthenorth.com, the old-fashioned way. You can also follow the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook and follow me personally on Instagram at mano and on Twitter at the Golden underscore Mike to stay up to date on all the latest Golden Mike news. Also, if you remember in the last episode, I announced a new contest to win a pair of Dylan Miller's new polarized sunglasses from Harbor Eyewear. I got a chance to wear them around town and I was debating on keeping them for myself and never telling you guys about them. But that's just not the mano way. So I'm sharing them with you guys. If you're interested in winning a pair, here's the deal. All you have to do is email me at goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com and just ask me a question, any question, anything you want me to answer on this podcast. That's it. Just one question. My favorite movie, uh, What? Yo-yo brand do I throw? What's my favorite wakeboarding trick? Really, anything you want. I'll pick a winner at random, and I'll announce them in December. I'm actually pretty excited to see what you guys want to know, and I want to thank those of you who have already been sending questions. Some very creative stuff, and I can't wait to share. So, to check in with you guys, I'm currently on a road trip through the West Coast that will culminate with me hosting the 33rd Annual Evening with the Stars, presented by Active Water Sports, all the way up in Portland, Oregon. We started this journey by flying out to San Diego, where I hosted the Centurion Boats dealer meeting and dealer awards. Uh, Dealer meetings are always a good time for me to connect with so many folks from all over the country and around the world, from all over the industry. This year, there were even dealers uh, all the way from Japan really solidifying the Centurion brand as a global brand, and not to mention a great supporter of this podcast. Afterwards, we hit the road, headed north, we stopped up in Burbank to see my big bro Mikey, a.k.a. the Chief, but before our family could reunite, I did stop in Redondo Beach to squeeze in a quick interview with Wakescape pioneer and wakeboarding Hall of Famer Thomas Harrell. For those of you who know, Thomas is an absolute legend, an all-around great guy. He used to be a neighbor of mine uh, down in Orlando, Florida, and I can't wait to share that interview with you guys. We had a blast talking and catching up for the first time in a long time. We're right back on the road. We headed to Merced, California, just a little bit east of San Francisco and home of Centurion Boats. We went to their headquarters and factory where they were nice enough to give us a tour. Amy Mousey and Zach Kuykendall walked us around the factory, saw some really, really cool stuff. Some awesome technology in those boats. It was actually pretty fun and informative. And since this was my first time at the Centurion factory, I was able to cross it off my ever-growing bucket list of boat manufacturer tours. What is that now? One, two, three, four. Well, it just keeps adding up. From there, we were back west and off to San Francisco where I met up with the one and only Jared Meyer, the king of pop. And, of course, he's one of the partners up there in the Twin Lakes Corn Fest event. And we already started getting things in place for TL Corn Fest 2020. More developments regarding that to be announced as they happen. So please stay tuned. Let's see, what else? Oh yeah, I headed to Chico, California. Had a dinner with Mitch Belter of Belter Insurance. And of course, had to stop by the National Yo-Yo Museum while I was in the neighborhood. Now I'm in Eugene, Oregon to stop by the One Drop Yo-Yo headquarters and back on the road to close this trip out through Oregon and Washington. Of course, I'll keep you posted on how it all goes on the next episode. But now for this interview... With Brandon Thomas, BT, a.k.a. DJ Drop Top, we recorded out in front of his house on Lake Holden in Orlando, Florida. It was an overcast, but beautiful, glassy day out on the lake. Just a perfect backdrop for our conversation, as you'll hear. He and I have a lot of history between us. As we were out on Lake Holden, BT told me that his neighbor happened to be a Centurion rider. Of course, Taylor McCullough is who he was talking about. And wouldn't you know it, guess who we saw out on the water riding behind her brand new Centurion RI-237? I'll give you a hint. It was Taylor. Her boat was this minty blue color, which she dubbed the Manchurian. Guys, it looked so sick. And did you know you can customize your own dream boat with Centurion? Just head over to CenturionBoats.com to see all their customizable colors and features to really help you make your boat one of a kind. While you're there, be sure to take a look at Centurion's full lineup and to find a certified dealer near you, go to CenturionBoats.com. That's C-E-N-T-U-R-I-O-N. Boats.com. All right, all right. Well, BT, uh, welcome to the podcast, and I must thank you for welcoming me here to your beautiful home on uh, Lake Holden here uh, overlooking downtown Orlando, glassy conditions yeah it's an honor to be here man well first of all i walked into your house and you said you had something you had a poster for me so oh, I, okay yeah I let's have get to, to the goods i have to get to that because all right, all right. you know i can't wait i have no patience i'm a collector and i know i just was, i was going through my garage yesterday where where we hang out a lot well so bt here he knows that i'm into wrestling figures yeah. uh collecting old school toys also uh vintage water ski and wakeboard stuff in yeah, fact he dragged me into a couple stores this year i didn't know where we were going but it was
1: interesting and i just i know you're a true collector so i found this in the garage the other day i was like you know what, dana would appreciate this
0: let him let me get it it doesn't even look like he's had it opened time. in years yeah, I'm, be- <laughs> I'm uh i think i know what it is so I think well i hope well so you haven't even seen this yet either you just
1: i actually saw one of these this year and uh we were at some nautique regatta thing, and in one of the bathrooms in the, one of the marinas. You know what a marina that
0: is? No, well, I'm not sure. One of the
1: marinas. I went to the bathroom and saw this poster, and somebody else brought this poster up again. So it, brought, it basically got brought up to me twice this year, and I found it, and I was just like, "All right, should I
0: should I hold one yeah, side? Yeah, go ahead here. This is audio, so oh yeah, take a look at this. He's unrolling what looks to be. An OG oh, man. signed hyperlight poster and let's see who's on this. There's BT <laughs> with his bandana and a hat over his yeah, eyes. Yeah, we were grub like thug Eric theme grub.
1: or something. We basically were in the hood somewhere, some random house and look at that team. we all look like a bunch of hood rats. Chris O'Shea. Yeah. Sharmery, Rusty. Look at Jimmy and J.D. Rothy, Rock. J.D.,
0: Rock, Grubby. That's cool, man. So
1: yeah, man, th- those are um, great times in my career right there.
0: Man, is that Rufus in that photo too? Who's... Look, Chris O'Shea's on the TV. This, this is like great. He couldn't make it. Uh, this is nostalgic. Appreciate it. Yeah, Thank you, BT. Yeah, I love it. That. So where did you get this poster from?
1: Um, when I rode for Hyperlight, you know? And uh, I don't know, I randomly was like, oh, let me save one of these. This is pretty funny.
0: Before we kind of get to your story, though, I know you are just getting back from a trip, and it's crazy because you were a Nautique athlete for years, mm-hmm. um, but it, it was it was towards the tail end of your career with the Nautique brand that they started um, actually taking athletes and people from the factory on these missions around yeah. um, the 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 world. Uh, it's called Nautique Cares. I talk about it when I'm announcing yeah. all the time, but uh, you just came back from from a trip from a mission. And you didn't go there as an Autique athlete, you kind of went there as yeah. support, as an employee, but uh, yeah. tell us a little bit about the trip, what you did, what, 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 what went on.
1: Yeah, so this was pretty cool to work for Autique an again, like you said, they uh, always stood behind me as a rider. So I got the opportunity to go there and document their Puerto Rico trip, Nautique Cares, where they go and take care of a family. This family happened to be an elderly couple who lost their house in the hurricane two years ago. And they're basically living with They were living with their neighbors, you know, and just like we're in the heart of Puerto Rico and some gnarly stuff. And it's all, it it is all beautiful, but we're definitely in like a poor area. So you could see what was going on there. And we got there they had a couple walls up foundation. And there's just like probably 14, 18 of us from Nautiques and we helped like, like build this house from scratch. You know, I learned a lot. Murray was there. Um, Barley was there. Those two are awesome at building. And Jody, which I don't even Jody know. Jody Grass. Yeah, I don't even know if you would know this, but she was sweating her face off, working so hard, and just it was awesome experience. And yeah, I was sent there to film, but I had to get my hands in there. And um, yeah, we built some, we built some an awesome house and that video should be coming out cool walkthrough We hand over the keys at the end. And, um, people like Brian Sullivan and just the Nautique crew, it was awesome to be a part of.
0: Let's kind of go through the story a little bit with you. And I've got a a bunch of notes and bullet points. Uh, You and I have been super lucky because we both started coming up through the ranks of like, I guess I would say the professional side of the industry right around the same exact time, right around that 2005. And we have, some like similar similarities. Like we both got our start, I think, working on the tour yeah. and traveling with that. Um, but it's funny. Uh, most professional wakeboarders or wake skaters or water sports athletes in general come to Orlando because it's the spot to train year round. But it's not too often that um, an athlete specific to the sport is from right here yeah, in Orlando, and and so. you are and. Uh, you came up through the ranks not as a water skier and not as a wakeboarder. Mm. You, um, you are straight up a wake skate dude. <laughs> um, you were there yeah. in the early days. You were a part of some of the uh, biggest and most influential events from the the beginning. You won those events. You helped build those events. Um, but let, let's go let's go back to the beginning and how you kind of. Uh, got into it where you, you were born and raised here in Orlando and, and did you guys live on a lake? Did you guys ride behind a ski boat or do anything like that?
1: I Actually lived really close to this lake. Uh, <laughs> off a canal. My grandmother lived on a canal. I lived across the street. so I spent a lot of time on that canal learning how to fish. I right, was around Holden. Yeah, right here on Holden, a couple streets over. and I never actually was like pushed to go ski and stuff a lot. I just enjoyed being around the lake and fishing and just the that whole scene. Ever since I was a little kid and my dad always took me to his friends lakes and we would do the same and it wasn't until like maybe I knee boarded one day I thought that was cool, but
0: So just from knowing you and, and some of the stories you told me in the past, it sounds like O W C is kind of the place where where you got yeah. your foot in the door and you got and you kinda got your start. Yeah. So you I weren't riding behind there. you weren't riding behind your boat. You were just like one of those kids who was yeah. going there after high school.
1: Dad didn't wanna buy a, you know, however much money boat because he couldn't fish out of it he <laughs> he wanted an all-around boat or something and he didn't just he you know he didn't want to buy a wakeboard boat so i had the cable park and that was cool and then i met like mike ferraro met all types of people like keith lidberg and cable part rats
0: how did you discover owc though oh man i think
1: i went up there for like Something was going on up there where there were some athletes were going to be up there. And I remember Parks being there on the Indian rope doing his, like, crazy things. And I was just like, holy cow, like, this is here. Like, Did local kids amazing. from your
0: school ride or anything like that? Um,
1: I, no, I don't think anyone was, like, as serious as me. But, yeah, a couple people did ride. You know, that's what kept keeps you into it with your friends and stuff. So I was skipping school, going to the cable park. I never skipped school. I went to a Christian school. I was like, oh, sharp, had my khakis on. I was proper every day, but come, uh, come the cable days, I was skipping school not to do anything bad, but to go ride. And, and it was awesome.
0: <laughs> and so, uh, talk about those days riding at the cable park and, um, like riding yeah. with and meeting some of the, uh, some of the pro dudes who you later on became like close friends with and, yeah. and, you know, like, I, I, I don't know, I mean, competitors with. And stuff yeah, there's like
1: definitely a lot of stories for me at the cable. Um, I would just, you know, to make it quick, I'd say I started wakeboarding there. I was doing the rail parks, and doing the rail park, and I was just, like, so into hitting rails. I won, like, one of the contests, and that kind of got me hooked. Then my friend had a wake skate. I could only see, like, two wake skaters that would go up there, like, Brian Grubb, Barley, and Thomas Farrell. Like, those are the three dudes like, I just knew of. Like, you could see them on videos, VHS videos, by the way. And... Uh, these are the dudes who wrote and had the awesome songs and were like, whoa, this is the first time I'm seeing this. This is pretty cool. My friend had a wake skate, Jordan Mears. After that, he didn't have a wake skate because he let me borrow it and never give it back. And I was just hooked from there on out. I was just thinking, this is this is awesome. Like, Not many people know about this. This is kind of like skateboarding, snowboarding, and every other board sport I thought was cool. And I was just like, fell in love with it. And to be honest, the beginning of my story starts at OWC When I broke my femur and I was about 18 years old on my spring break, broke my leg, and uh, Brian Grubb pulled me out of the water, Chad Sharp was there, and it was like, it was like I had two knees when they tried to lift me out of the water. It was just crazy.
0: I mean, this is 20 years ago. We're talking. Yeah,
1: this is, the doctor's like, you'll never freaking wake skate again. All this stuff. They put and a rod in my leg. You know, did you crazy. know
0: Grub or Chad? At I the just time. knew
1: Grub as like this wake skater. I was trying to follow around and do his tricks. He had fallen on a toe side shove it, and then I ended up trying one and um, break my leg. And I'm screaming at him, Hey, Grub, come get me! He's like questioning me, asking me if I'm okay. He's like are you sure? Are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm sure I broke my leg. Then he like Baywatched me. And then like, ever since then, that's kind of how I like met him, met him, you know? So it's just a crazy story from there on out. And I um, went through this big healing process and realized when I was hurt, like, Hey, this is what I want to do. wrote it down on a piece of paper. I still have that little piece of paper and, uh, just pursued wake skating as I was healing in my mind. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I enjoyed it. So I was 18 years old at the time. And didn't feel like anything could stop me. Went for it.
0: Some of my other early memories of you were um, the projects, mm-hmm. as well as um, through that relationship, riding at the projects yeah. and being a part of whatever they had going on out there. Uh, you were also getting to ride along on the pro wakeboard tour in the yep. early days when they actually jet still, ski. yeah, they still ran uh, wake skating behind the jet ski there. But you yeah. were also. Um, you were building rails, and what I thought was so cool was like actually kind of thinking back upon your career, and like I look at myself a lot of times and I'm like, man, there's so many different parts of the industry that I've worked in, and just different rungs of the ladder that you've climbed and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And I like look at it and and seeing like how yeah. many of the the different um, you know uh, areas within the industry that you've worked yeah. in, I think it's so so impressive. But Thanks, man. I wanted you to talk a little bit about those early days at the projects, and some of the crew out there, the P unit, and how that led into um, yeah. getting your, your spot on tour.
1: Yeah, so there's definitely a, um, steps on my way of getting sponsored, and um, you know, it started at OWC and some local riding at home. Then when I uh, went to school down south, I was riding at Ski Rixon as well as coming home on the weekends and riding at OWC, so then I was kinda getting both worlds, and Dean LaValle had a boat down there, so I rode with him, and. Mike Farrar had a boat here. So I was just like rubbing my face in as much as I could on the weekends. I came back to Orlando to ride. And then, so when I broke my leg, it was like the first year of college. And I had gone to Pat Panacos at the projects. And I said, Look, hey man, I really love this place. I'll pull some people on the jet ski for you. And when my leg gets healed, like, will you let me ride? Like, basically it was my hustle there. And, and uh, so I'm pulling people on a jet ski with like a full cast, like, oh, give me your 25 bucks, like 20 minutes, blah, blah, blah. Give it to Pat. And then um, from there on out, I developed this relationship with a whole other crew. And this was like out in the sticks too. So it was just like another just quiet place to go and um, practice your uh, practice your wake skating, you know?
0: What were the projects back then?
1: So the Projects Park, I mean, you say the projects, to people in there, what the heck? Projects Park is basically like three lakes that were dug for skiing. And then so there's a couple skiers out there that we got to meet that were awesome, like Rossi and Renee Jakes. And uh, and then Pat Panakos had the one side where he had all these rails, and they're just building these rails like from scratch. And you're like, wait, I can't do this on my leg. No one's doing this anywhere else. So it gives you the, the opportunity of yeah, to like be like, holy cow, this is where they shot 12 honkies, or this is where they shot some of these videos I watch where I'm like, oh, they could build whatever they want. Well, I've been at school writing down all types of stuff to build, like, let's go, you know? So I just fell in love with the projects, Ryan Doyle, Matt Byerly out there, Keith Lidberg. And then like from there, that was like a little family and we all developed and grew in our sport and filmed each other and just lived the life.
0: Your influence as a wake skater, but also the other things that you were doing, you were always dabbling around with um, a little video which has now become so prevalent in your everyday life, but also some DJing. Uh, yep, the DJing and, and uh, traveling around, uh, the doing the DJ drummer stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was uh, hoping you'd bring this up because when I think about Dana, I think about these days right here. Mantis is on the stage playing the drums to the side of me. I'm playing some rock songs. We're looking at each other. We kind of have a routine going. The boat's getting filled up, by the way, so we're having to entertain the crowd. And um, we had our little 15-minute spiel. And here comes Dano. He's throwing shirts. Shirts are flying. People are coming to the stage. And it was just crowded, packed, and just jammed out. And like these are just like moments I'll never forget. And uh, yeah, it was just a scene. We made this cool scene on the stage. And on top of that, I had to stress about going and riding. So I felt like, uh, yeah, throughout the whole time, man, we've been, been doing more than just riding, just trying to be a part of the industry. And, pushed my dj in or pushed the film in and just yeah this is uh my family
0: hey so um you know kind of talking about some of the folks that we've met and who you've met and gotten to hang out with one name that comes to mind is um rock wilder yeah <clears throat> yep and talk about your relationship with him who he is in general and uh and and what he what he was involved with here in wakeboarding but your relationship with yeah with him so in the i
1: had a- Awesome time in wakeboarding, and everything was kind of popping. And I was coming up doing my thing. We got presented with a man named Rockwilder, and uh, and he was going to do some songs for some of the athletes. Now, this is someone who has like many Grammys, uh, produced music for Lady Marmalade, produced for Redman and Me- Method Man back in the day. And um, just someone in the music industry looks up to and knows his name. There's a song. Did some Missy Elliott stuff.
0: There's a uh, Redman, uh, Method Man d- song d- dun, named d- after him.
1: Yeah, the Rockwilder, Del Rockwilder. Yeah. yeah. And so I heard this was going down like he was poking his head in and like getting some athletes to try to do some music for those athletes and um i was just like right away oh i gotta get on on this so before you know it, i was in there we were jamming we made like great friends with him between brian grubb and the household and um he was always coming over comes in town to produce and um says what's up and yeah i got my own song it's called i am legend you can get it on itunes i don't you know think it went anywhere but it was really fun Did to do you guys do with get the any
0: guy. royalties for that stuff
1: oh god <laughs> let me pull out some phone numbers yeah right make some calls <laughs>
0: absolutely i mean just just incredible though i mean in those days i mean you were going downtown and going to the club yeah. with rock wilder i mean that yeah that, that guy d-
1: was taking us to events as well and yeah we've met some crazy people throughout the industry dale earnhardt jr yeah like I was hanging out that, with him that's
0: what i was hoping you'd um actually kind of d- tell some uh, of that dale earnhardt story for yeah, us. yeah
1: i don't think anyone believes me but it was like we met a couple kids who were into wakeboarding and knew what that was. And we were gambling and, and we miss our flight. We come back. We you see this.
0: And where were you guys? We're
1: at the MGM grand in, in Las, Vegas. Las Vegas. And my buddy Spencer was there. And so we met these guys that were into wakeboarding and then they happened to be with Dale Earnhardt Jr. And before you know it, we're in VIP Before you know, it, we're up in the room. Great goose, by the way, just like getting rolled in. And then we became friends with these guys. And they've shown us their world we showed them ours so it was cool
0: and so now you've actually gotten so aside from meeting Dale in Vegas you've also gotten to go to his actual home. yeah we went
1: to his house and um, his whole like backyard has this like uh, cowboy themed town in it they took us to the Hendrix like motor shop and it's just like pristinely clean <laughs> And they just showed us their world, dude. They showed us the engines that go in these things that they're not, you know. I and do
0: these guys wakeboard and everything as well? Yeah,
1: they have that lifestyle of living on a lake. And um, they love just going out and having fun. And it's part of their growing up, too. I think where they're from in North Carolina, there's a couple of cool lakes that we hung out on and went to bars, too. And so, like a, a guy just like Dale Jr.? Is he, yeah. But
0: is he, like, on the level like, like us? Or is he <laughs> oh, all over these, the place? Are,
1: uh, I don't think I've ever, like, ridden with him. You know, we've just been kind of at some cool places where he was. We never actually got him on the lake. Um, you know, he was enthusiastic about being on the lake. This is funny. I pulled up on. I used to live at Brian Grubbs, and I pulled up to the lake, and it was a uh, murder bike guy. Oh, um,
0: how wait, on your lake? Yeah, yeah. Red Bull. Like Robbie Madison? No. Nope. Uh, Oh, like, uh like Travis Pastrana?
1: Travis Pastrana is on my dock, in my board shorts, with my wake skate, asking to get pulled, and I didn't know he was coming over. Did you know him and stuff? I Well, I mean, everyone know, knows him and, like, knew who he was, but this is an Does athlete. Does he know, did he know Red you? Bull athlete. I didn't know he was coming over to Grubbs, because Grubbs is Red Bull, and he just is on the freaking dock with my board shorts and my... Wake skate and
0: I'm like, what in the world? And he's like,
1: yeah, let's wake skate. D- did you? Did he know you
0: at the time, or did he just grab uh, your I don't, stuff? I don't know. Like, he just shows up. That's like a park's he move. He's by himself
1: on the dock. No That's lie.
0: That's literally a park's move. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: so we met some crazy people throughout the sport.
0: Hoping to one day have uh, Travis here on the podcast. He's a neighbor of mine in Windermere. From Is what he? I, yeah, from what I hear. So well, maybe you need to get him out on the lake. You, oh, you know it. All right, uh, moving on. Let's talk about um, contests. Uh, oh yeah, you. I, I think for a guy like you, this can be there can be two sides of this subject. for yeah. you. There's the positive side and then there's, you know, and, and obviously off the uh, off the uh, um, off the um, podcast, you and I have talked about this over the years. And it's it's just so crazy how different your attitude is now. But yeah, you definitely had some hurdles, Competitive, or some, some yeah. sore spots at, at times in your career. Um, just off the top of my head. Obviously, podiums at the biggest events in the world, nationals and worlds, um, Byerly Toe Jam back in the day, but you were the first and, to my recollection, only guy at the Byerly Toe Jam, which which is a wake skate contest, first of its kind, specifically geared to wake skaters, four wake skaters, by wake skaters. Uh, you took... Um, all three divisions one year, and that was that dates all the way back to something like two thousand and six, two thousand eight, some sometime around there. Um, uh, uh, among other toe jam wins, which in a time that was the most important event, yeah. to win in our sport, um, pro tour. I don't know anything major off the top of my head, but I do know that uh, when they introduced wake skating to the masters year Uh number one uh you won that 2010 2010 tell me a little bit about your days as a competitive wake skater and what drove you to do that
1: yeah i don't i don't know to be honest uh i think when i get competitive i turn it on you know more than i would just practicing so um i just was always raised doing sports from swimming to freaking tennis like all types of stuff so i was always in sports so it was always kind of competitive and then um i realized at a younger age that just single sports was my thing and i can focus on me and what i had to get through and sometimes i was at a contest to win sometimes i was at the contest to dj and do dj drummer and maybe have a good time but when i wanted to turn it on and i knew i had a good three weeks of riding, um i loved getting down there and just feeling positive and Seeing the other boys ride, and we were definitely competitive towards each other. Hey
0: guys, I'm going to cut in right here with a quick PSA. Our sport is currently at risk around the nation and all around the world. There are folks out there who are actively trying to shut ballasted boats down because they feel it's ruining their lake life experience. It all comes down to education, etiquette, and empathy. We are all responsible for our own wake, but we are not alone. If you hear of any lakes near you being threatened, the WSIA can offer you all the tools needed to fight those battles. I recommend starting with your local boat dealer and making sure that they are WSIA members themselves. That ensures that they will follow the Wake Responsibly initiative and help keep your lake safe. You can find out all the resources you need at WSIA.net. And of course, you can take the Wake Responsibly compliance exam at Wakeresponsibly.com. Let's do our part to keep the sport we love thriving. Now, back to the interview. So, tell me a little bit about your exit from like wake skating yeah. um, professionally and competitively because I will say, like, as a dude who I feel like I'm pretty close to you, I felt like it was pretty abrupt. It was
1: <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about it today before you came. Like, um, It was like, you know, it's just hard getting, like, um, support from everyone at the time. And all the money wasn't there. And the riding and the drive is still there. But then I'm getting older. I've, like, hurt myself a lot throughout the industry. And it just is, like... It was wearing me down, and I felt like there's still more other things I want to do. And um, filming was one of them. So I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to start my own business. started B-Tapes. And um, I, I mean, running you, there running my own there was a film, film when, stuff now. There
0: was a moment you literally stepped away. Like, you, you didn't yeah. show face at events <laughs> yeah, or Yeah, it
1: was, like, crazy. Cause, uh,
0: Were you feeling a little sour? or what's
1: uh, I mean, for sure you feel down. You get your awesome naughty taken away, you're going to feel down. <laughs> But um, I just feel like, hey, you know, I needed this time to think and gather myself. And I was just thinking, and I was like, hey, if I put all my time into this thing filming, like I did writing and DJing, if I put all my time, like I did into this other stuff, I can make it successful. And I'm seeing money come in through this area, and I can, you know, I'd still be a part of my industry and film these guys and travel with them. And it's been going that way, so it's been cool.
0: You've also had the chance to film uh some of the most um epic moments in the sport um mm-hmm. and i'm gonna i'm gonna name a couple of guys um and then and and just moments that you've had the opportunity and hopefully you can kind of touch on a, a few bullet yeah. points for each of those but um shooting with parks bonifay yeah. and getting to film him doing all of his crazy barefoot stuff
1: yeah that's been that's been a good one the past two three years uh you know, I've known Parks since the beginning too, with Hyperlight. When we had this crazy team, and he's just—he's a watersman and a homie. So uh, he knows I love flying that drone and shooting. So whenever he has these awesome ideas, he—he he hits up his crew. I think it was like Rathy, Cole, myself, and uh, you know, we keep it real secretive. We go shoot uh, Parks's vision, and it's—it's it's so fun. He's, he's just, a pretty he's,
0: solid drone pilot himself. Yeah, yeah,
1: and he shares a lot of the same likes, you know, I do and stuff. So
0: absolutely. It's easy. Uh, um one of the biggest moments in wakeboard history was the triple flip mm. with Cody Hess. Yeah. Not once but S- twice. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's uh Cody Hess. I mean that's a that's a good name. He's uh when I kinda took my break from wake skating and I stayed away from the industry for a minute, there was two people I was filming a lot and it was Cody and you're gonna say the other name, Daniel Grant um and cody is just like i don't know my one friend told me one day to start filming him and i did and like we've been homies ever since he got on the barley boards and this year we did a lot of rock star little ads and stuff and then uh the first year i missed his triple flip but was helping putting it together and the second year we we filmed it in texas and that's just my that's my homie dude he comes over we get in the garage, we play music, and we start writing down ideas.
0: What What sets Cody apart from, like, other riders out um, there? I, don't, I mean,
1: uh, I don't know, dude. He's just, like, he can just hang hard, and he doesn't need to be playing video games or watching TV. He can just, he just chills, and we chat, and we get, like, in, like in deep conversations about stuff and ideas. And so I, I have this, like, I want to ride and do this type of stuff too feeling always in me and I can't always go do it anymore. So like I express that through Cody and then Cody goes and does it, you right. know? So it's like, we get to throw ideas back and forth and uh, we get excited about the same thing and shooting stuff. And, um, I, I amped them up to do that triple flip again. And, um, we just have good vibration and, um, uh, man, I can't tell you how many ideas we've come up with just sit in the garage and playing music, some gangstar and, Cody's hitting a tennis ball against the ceiling, (laughs) Just, you know, some chill time. He's just easy to hang out with. And, um,
0: before we get to Daniel Grant, I wanted to talk about, um, another local rider who I feel like has always been somebody super close to you and you still ride with, and he still rips, but obviously like you, like, I feel like you still rip too when you, when you actually get the opportunity and I see anything of you out there. But, uh, uh, George Daniels, and uh, I just want you to kind of tell us a little bit about George and what he's up to. Yeah, he's right there on my
1: list of of names for sure. (laughs) Uh, George, uh, we started off, uh, George knew my friend Jordan, and Jordan Mears was telling me about this kid, George. He's like, yeah, George can do his flips and backside flips. I'm like, no, he can't. No, he doesn't. (laughs) He rides this little board. I'm like, no, he doesn't. (laughs) I go to meet George, and he does everything Jordan said. And I was like, holy crap. This tall, lanky kid.
0: But talk about what year this is in.
1: Just Oh, my God. I don't even know. This is, like, early 2000s. Yeah, early 2000s. And he's just, like, he's amazing. Amazing riding this tray-looking board and kick-flipping it. And, like, looks like he's skateboarding out there. And he was one of those kids. I was like, okay, here's another one to add on to the crew right here for sure. I was not happy about it, but now i can say i am <laughs> yeah but uh he's grown to be a great friend he's a local tour Leando, and um he was one of those guys i rode with every day and we pushed each other for sure you know for sure he rides the cable good he rides the boat good he rides a two by four good george can ride anything at any time and from now to then like i think he's gotten better like right. honestly like he can still go out there and still does go out there and kills it whether he's filming with his iphone at Kobe's cable park down the road. He he just like uh, he's in the fountain of youth, and he's just still riding good and can probably compete if he wanted to.
0: Heck yeah! All right, let's get to it. Daniel Grant. um, So, some people I don't know. I would argue that you were one of the first guys to kind of recognize Daniel Grant and his talent, like on an international level. Um, But you know, as Daniel's star has risen, uh, he's also been able to help. Well, you and I feel like he rode your coattails at the beginning, and now he's kind of um, kind of paying it forward and back to you a little yeah, bit, and you've gotten I mean, to work on some insanely cool projects with him.
1: I can talk all day about that kid. Um, I met Dan when he was 12 years old in the Philippines. I was judging a contest. Reef had sent me there. I was there with Donald Shelbrick and Keith Lidberg and i was watching him wake skate and wakeboard just in amazement going oh my god if i had to compete against this 12 year old he's probably going to beat me and then i felt like all the other riders were like oh whatever to this kid but i was kind of like in amazement got to stay there for a couple weeks extra he never acknowledged me once it was it wasn't until i fell by him and like said what's up you know so i was like who's this kid not even acknowledging me was he just like a shy little kid i think he was just having fun doing his thing And i was like oh man like." I can't believe he didn't say it up to me. So I made a point to say it to him. And just, like, the two extra weeks I had there, we just rode. And I think I had the first GoPro, like, that had come out. And I put it on a bamboo stick and filmed him. I have it, like, on my Vimeo still. And he was just doing a lapse. Like, my arm was getting tired. Three laps and him wake getting and not falling. And I was just, and like... And doing gnarly stuff. Just doing gnarly stuff. I, like, pull, like, r- long rails, like, having to pull up the rope because the rail is so long to get itself... I just crazy things. And I just saw it. my eyes was like, okay, I was meant to be here and film this kid with this GoPro. And then I got home, kept in contact with him and his dad said, Hey, David, get this kid over here. He needs to be sponsored by some American companies. People need to see what he's doing. So he came over. Grub was not pumped. I had a 12 year old coming to the house to stay, but, uh, we talked him into it and, um, uh, saw that how pumped this little kid was and looked up to us and yeah, I was like his American dad, I felt like, and uh, every time he'd come, he'd stay on the floor and crash out and ride with us, and um, we introduced him to sponsors and people, and I didn't by any means teach that kid how to ride. He's just a phenom by himself, so I just kind of gave him a map, and, and he followed along, and I show him how to DJ, he'd learn how to DJ. I show him how to edit, now he edits all his videos and stuff, so He's he was a sponge. He was taking it all in and I thought that was awesome. And it was just like uh yeah, this little dude taking all all the stuff I put in front of him and so to see what he's done with it, he's like gone way higher than I could have or imagined. Absolutely. Right. right?
0: I think it's uh rad that uh over the years you and I've gotten to travel so much and I like I'm sure you knew that I would probably come to it, but one of our first travel stories we had like a gnarly uh, plane ride oh to my Cleveland. God. You I always make this so much worse. Well, Go I feel ahead. like I feel like this is the reason why we've <laughs> been holding out on this podcast for years because uh, you're worried that I was gonna like not tell at them. Oh, I'm just gonna correct you after you tell it well, wrong. The way that so you and I were going to a Step Up Productions rail jam, and this is like circa 2006. Just yeah. FYI, this was a long, long time ago. And um, I wasn't a, a seasoned traveler by any means at this point. And we're coming in. It's a snowy windstorm in Cleveland. And the way I recollect it, a huge, a huge gust of wind blew us oh to the side God. of the runway. And we had to do uh, what they call a touch and go. And I basically just remember, I, know, I remember I was freaking out personally. But just I remember Crying, looking back and you and Robbie Jakes, we're sitting next to each other, basically like holding hands and
1: see, this is where it gets. This is where you're pushing the limits.
0: Okay. So anyways, (laughs) I want to hear your recollection of,
1: yeah, still to that day. That's probably one of the gnarliest flights. And, um, yeah, I mean, I was not good at sitting on flights. I'm I get anxious and everything else, anxiety and my, palm of my hands not like anymore not as bad but my palm my hands would sweat and like i did not like it we were getting into this crazy flight it was coming down sideways the plane was coming down sideways you know how they park it like that sometimes he tapped it and then or he didn't even get a 100 feet like down or, or he was probably 100 feet away yeah. from the thing and pulled back up all crazy and we had to go through it all again after i stressed my heart out and uh, basically, i basically remember just i gripped the chair and i throw my elbows into the chair but it happened to be the lady next to me i throw my elbows into like her ribs and she had said something to it after after the flight and stuff was cracking on me yeah i don't not like flights that much that was a bad one that
0: was that was that was gnarly you man always bring that one up it it's crazy Thanks. though um <laughs> so you and i have been hanging out since then and and another thing that um i like i want to mention on is it, what's cool is like especially lately since you've been coming back on these events with us um i feel like you're one of those dudes um who has been doing like a really good job of not only getting your work done but taking advantage of some extracurricular time but not necessarily um going to parties and stuff like that it's a different era Um, Business, Ex- business be examples that I wrote down is like taking the opportunity to go out and wake foil or wake surf or surf at BSR. Yeah, um, you went on a you went on a toy find with me.
1: Oh my god, that was fun. Yeah, you know what has been fun is to not go, to go to these events and just I know I can go do my job and film. And before it was like, oh my god. Am I going to ride good? Like, I got to get my mind right. Like, da-da-da-da-da. Like if I don't ride good, then I'm having drinks. Like, you know, it's like <clears throat> your anxiety is all crazy. So now I have been trying to enjoy it. And, yeah, one day you did pull me to this crazy toy store, and we had the best time. And, yeah, I can just go wake surfing after the event and just have a good time and enjoy, uh, enjoy the atmosphere a little bit more.
0: Well, and you know. also some of, the, like, the extracurricular filming that you've been doing and getting to work with some of the guys. I mean, you're there. Yeah paid to, to put together these like little sizzle reels from these Mm -hmm. events, but some of the relationships that you're making with, um, with wakeboarders and like young up and comers that maybe you wouldn't have in the past because you were so focused on just wake skating and that aspect.
1: Yeah. So it's been uh yeah, that's definitely when people ask me how my year's going, I'm like, you know, it's been awesome to see the up and comers and stuff and the junior men and um, what's his name? Finley. Finn
0: yeah Finn Finn Bullock.
1: Finn Finn Bullock man he's he's insane and uh to see from the cable to the boat we go some of these events and they had like worlds you know they had boat stuff and cable and I'm running back and forth and like flying the drone on those guys on the cable and just seeing how technical it is and even the girls they're killing it and then the boat stuff just like a whole nother realm and um yeah it's been cool to be feel Like, I'm part of the ride when I'm filming those guys, and um, meeting a lot of them and seeing them come up is it's cool,
0: yep. And uh, you get to be the guy who basically uh helps paint that picture for yeah, for the, uh, for the mask. Let's just right? say, I
1: got a lot of people instant message me for drone trip uh, uh, drone,
0: <laughs> drone clips <laughs> lately. I bet, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the going rate? Oh, uh,
1: that's that's uh, that's what I've been thinking of. I don't know, 25 bucks, we got to keep it cheap here, but honestly, so many people ask me for clips. I think uh, I decided the other day I'm just going to get every drone clip I have from um, Mexico Worlds and just put it on one reel, put it on my YouTube uh, channel, and you guys can pick from it. They can, rip yeah, it. they can just rip it. You know? Yeah, they can just rip it. Yeah, good not? call.
0: Okay, um, I want to talk about um, with your filming, getting to film X Games Real Week. Yeah. How, how uh, much of yeah. a dream come true is that?
1: That was awesome. I mean, those X Games videos are so cool, and everyone takes the riding to a different level because they know how it's gonna be shown. And um, it was rad. And then to get to work with little Daniel. You know, after I told you knowing him all these years, he uh, he asked me to do it. So I, this is a time in my transfer too where I'm going from riding to shooting all the time. So that year was like the only thing I did besides him and Cody. You know. Was shooting his X Games part and um, traveling with him and his dad and his family and man, Dan's given me some of the best trips of my life. Like by just going and filming him. Absolutely, so man. We've had the best times and uh, he put his, you know, what, uh, on the line for that one and wanted to do something different and um, we did. Are you sick. guys
0: proud of how it how it all came? Yeah, out? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, you're always wanting to critique it afterwards, but how you did know, you guys finish? Um, I don't, I don't know the top. I don't even know. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, <laughs> like we a, just had that good of a time. It was so much fun and it'd uh, be cool to do another one and and or focus on a project with Cody and Daniel. Right. I thought that'd be cool.
0: Yeah. Um throughout your career you, and especially, you know, over the past few years, uh, you've also done a lot of collaboration and the opportunity to uh uh ride around with um Bear Satterland, the bear who's like, you know, obviously one of the most epic photographers in the yeah. sports industry, but a guy who's also been carving out a little spot for himself in other industries. And, um, I kn- I know you're always like going like on spring shoots with him. Oh my
1: God. Yeah. It's like, you know me, man, all these names are thrown at me.
0: Well, so talk talk about <laughs> bear and also some of those opportunities. Cause I know yeah. he also, through bear, you got to meet like Tim Tebow, uh, who's like yeah. Who's, you know, obviously Jeez, I need one to write of the most known uh, football player, uh, Birdman.
1: Birdman. Flying any weather. Yeah. So, basically, Bear has been at the beginning of it all and since I was, too. And I saw him living next to Barley back in the day with old cameras. And definitely not digital cameras and learning the hard way. And he was, I mean, he has history of shots with us. And it's always been awesome to work with him. And even more lately because i'm into filming and barrel hit me up says he has some mission or some job that he needs me to come assist on and i'll go assist him and learn so much and bears like he's not the guy who's gonna be like hey this is how you do it but he'll show you how to do it you know what i'm saying like secretly and he, and his way of like taking me out to his jobs has been awesome but before that, yeah, we were always shooting, going to the springs, and um, shooting, riding, and just taking little missions, and you know, not really knowing what the outcome was. But he was just always willing to put the time in.
0: And, that uh, outcome usually comes out pretty. Yeah, positive. it's pretty awesome. And uh, what about getting to meet like Tim Tebow and uh, Birdman and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, so the
1: past two years or something, he's had some pretty cool gigs. And uh, Tim Tebow, right there in his house, super nice guy. We're like moving around his couch to set up this whole scene for his book, and uh, yeah, Bear's super professional, and he goes in there, and seems like everyone always loves him, and the his whole family was there, and then Birdman, we've done a bunch, and uh, I mean, you could be there at four o'clock in the morning waiting on Birdman, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't, he's just a late worker, and just a powerful guy to be around, I'll be holding the the bounce next to him i won't even look at him in the eye i'm just gonna oh, what's up you know just trying to be professional and um just seeing how bear works has been a great learning experience for me
0: very cool man yeah. uh we'll, we'll finish off with this here one of the most recent things that i saw you doing um we had our good buddy mr b rad oh, in town yeah. recently and i know um i know that um, you've been running around with uh, with a pretty nice girl as of late. And you've been doing some more free diving and stuff yeah. like that. And I know uh, Brad's been getting into some of that as well. Yeah. And he was in town, and you and some of the boys got had an opportunity to go take him into the springs.
1: Yeah, we sure did. Um, he came in town, gave me a random call. Hey, B, I need you doing a little mission at the springs. And uh, you know, I can't quite tell you yet, but he's definitely. Um, rising to the challenge, and um, it's been cool to see him do some of this free diving stuff. And um, it's actually inspired me. And so, me and my girl Jessica have been free diving and going to the springs. And um, yeah, I mean, Brad's still inspiring us, so it's crazy. And I uh, haven't seen him and hung out with him for a while. And we got to help him out with some springs stuff
0: the other day. So I when know. can we expect to see some of that stuff come uh, out?
1: I don't know, man. You got to keep up with Brad on Instagram. Find out. Um, I just we got some amazing photos, and um, I just got the chills when I saw Brad doing stuff he was doing. So, you know, he's pushing me. I can't imagine how many other people he's pushing on that Instagram. So
0: he's a powerful dude, man. For he sure, he really is. Very good. All right, BT. Uh, what did I miss? Anything? Anything you, uh, want you to talk missed
1: about? about Dano and I? We're at every single freaking stop together this year. I feel like we were at everything together this year. We got to hang out a lot. We got to vent a lot on our long long days at the end of the day or at the beginning of the day. Yeah. But uh, we worked hard, and uh, it was cool to see you do your thing. And you know what? I never get sick of hearing your voice.
0: You too. And, and I BT don't think came anyone can quite do it like you. I so appreciate you. it. And you came up to my event in wisconsin we hired you fully you were on the oh, film yeah. crew that was
1: one of my probably favorite events i went to was the corn fest can't miss it won't
0: miss it i'm gonna say this bt next year when you told me your price like <laughs> a year ago <laughs> yeah and i, I second guessed myself and then guys all i'm saying out there is brandon
1: recharges. thomas
0: is worth uh, every penny <laughs> so if you guys are looking for a dude to come out just don't take them on my dates. I think this year it's like August what? 14th and 15th or something like that. So save those yeah. dates. Cause I need All you. Know, I'm there,
1: man. I had the best time and um, saw some show skin and some different stuff I haven't seen and like a coming together of our uh, industry. That was really awesome. So thanks for doing that.
0: Very good. All right, uh, before I let you get out of here, uh, shout outs, the sponsors and social media. Oh
1: man. Shout out! I just want to right away go to the people that helped me coach when I was young, like Mike Ferraro, Dean Lavelle, uh, Pat Panakos for being there, and obviously Byerly, and um, there's all my homies that we that we've all come in this industry with. It's been a uh, it's been quite the adventure, and my sponsors are. F- I don't really have any, <laughs> Maybe you it's actually mention, a nice thing.
0: You've mentioned some of those guys who supported uh, yeah, you for so long. So I long, gotta bro. thank
1: Nautiques, man. They were there and just trusted me and rockstar and who else we got on the old board performance ski and surf, man. Oh my God. They had the first board Barley Wakesgate waiting for me. I was knocking on the glass at 8 AM in the morning. Yeah. Bill so, does some good work. over Thank there, you, Bill. And, and um, yeah, a lot of people unnamed there that have been there for me, and it's still great to be a part of the industry. And
0: it's very let's cool. Keep, let's keep doing the, it. D. And some of these guys are, and some of these guys are now rehiring you back to, yeah. to do projects with them, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's been the cool part is to come back to the industry and give back a little to what it's given me, and also see it grow, watch it grow, be part of it.
0: Drop your social media so they can find you. You got a couple?
1: uh, DJ Drop Top. Been running that one. And then uh, I made a business one, B-Tapes, which has a lot of fun stuff and a lot of stuff from the tour stops. Um, Check it out. Appreciate it.
0: There it is, guys, at DJ Drop Top, at B-Tapes, BT, Brandon Thomas, right here, the Golden Mike Podcast. Thanks, brother. Thank you, Dana. you, Belter Insurance has been dedicated to the marine industry since 1982 with over 35 years of experience serving the best dealers, manufacturers, and events. Belter Insurance is an independently owned and conflict-free company that shares your passion for being on the water. The best part is that unlike other companies, Belter Insurance focuses solely on the marine industry because they love being on the water just as much as you. Belter Insurance, good, better, Belter. Seadeck is the industry leader in innovative flooring solutions, supplying the best boat builders in the world with comfortable, durable, non-skid flooring systems. Head on over to the newly redesigned Seadeck.com and use the search function to find the nearest fabricator and installer to you. They have hundreds of boats digitized with their patterns on file and if they don't have your exact boat in their system already, a certified installer will come to your house or boat storage, digitize your boat and create a custom flooring job to your exact specifications. Now that's service, baby. It's time to give your boat what it deserves and your boat deserves CDAC.
1: Presented by Sea deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike
0: Podcast with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano. All right, folks, I hope you had as much fun listening as I did talking. It's been great watching BT's evolution from wake skater to accomplished videographer before my very eyes. It just goes to show the kind of creative forces we have hiding in this industry. I wish BT all the best, and I can't wait to see what's next for him. As for what's next for me, I'm driving up to Seattle, Washington to visit with our friends from O'Brien and Conley. And I'll also be stopping by and visiting industry legend and friend of the show, Eddie Roberts. Sadly, Eddie has been battling cancer for the last seven years, and I really want to make sure I get a chance to see him. If you guys have some time, please go all the way back to episode 67 of this podcast and give it a listen. Eddie was my guest. Also, if you feel so inclined, please reach out to the Roberts family and express your support during this not-so-great time. Eddie's son, Eddie III, is a very good friend of mine. I was just with him down in Mexico. And uh, obviously looking forward to seeing him here. Can't wait to spend some time with the crew and just wish him and the family nothing but love. Finally, I'll be heading back down to Portland, Oregon for the 33rd annual Evening with the Stars presented by Active Water Sports. Hopefully, I'll be able to get some interviews with the likes of industry heavyweights like Ronix Ryder, Jake Palat, of course, from the Valdosta Weight Compound, Quinn Silvernail, Tommy Shashin, uh, Olympic snowboarder and Liquid Force, Nautique an Ryder, and Bob Sovin, Also, on that last episode of the podcast, I mentioned that there might be a special mystery guest. Well, keep your fingers crossed, but it looks like it just might be the legendary Randall the Vandal Harris. Wouldn't it be awesome if he could get his own full episode so you guys can hopefully look forward to that. I want to give a big thank you to Brandon Thomas for being on the show. Thank you all for listening. An enormous thank you to the sponsors of this podcast for their continued support. Thanks to Deck Marine Products, Active Watersports, Sports, Masterline, Boulder Boats, Centurion Boats, WSIA, Roswell Marine, O'Brien, Ledwake, Slingshot, Conley, Ronix, Hyperlite, and GoPuck. Behind the scenes, a special thanks to Jane leaving the office. Arthur Shabashavich on copy and Rich Walsh on sound that's it that's all for me folks a reminder you can follow me on Facebook at the Golden Mike Podcast and on Instagram at Dano T Mano you can message me there or at goldenmike at north.com. I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening once again as always on the noise of the north I'm Dano Mano and you can hear me next time right here on the Golden Mike Podcast